You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Welcome to the Palace of Mega Pixels. This is Super Mega Brothers Turbo. Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White, and with me today is Todd Stark. Hello. And we have a very special guest, straight from the UK, the one, the only, Mammoth. Mammoth, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How about yourselves? We're doing pretty good. Uh, If I may say so, in your own words, good to see you! (laughs) But I don't do it as good as you. I don't do it as good as you. Always, always good to see you, boys. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're... Probably one of the, uh, probably one of my favorite streamers. Uh, anybody that doesn't know, he's a he's a streamer on Twitch. Uh, you can find find him on Twitch.com at Mammoth EU. Mammoth, if you would tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Well, firstly, that's really sweet of you to to say that. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just a regular caster on Twitch. Try to do variety of different games, uh, which are to do a little FPS on Fridays and about myself well I'm generally quite a positive kind of guy uh, I think there's enough negativity on the internet we try to bring a bit of positivity a bit of good vibes and good times to everyone's days and uh, yeah we just love to spread a bit of good vibes and positivity really that's uh, I think that really sums me up to be honest and that was definitely that was actually probably one of my first questions I wanted to ask you about because you you kind of you know on your stream say that you're a, a doctor of sorts, a, a doctor of good vibes and positivity. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you you gotta have your drugs, man. You gotta have your your seven a day good good vibes. That's right. Yeah, that is right. And and you know that's that's something that I must do every day is I want to come get my good vibes for the day <laughs> because a day is not no, complete without it. He's needed them this week. One, if you don't mind me quitting interjecting there, like one of the most beautiful things that I freaking love about Twitch is how many people that you see come back on a daily basis. And with and I, the amount of times I hear someone say, oh man, you want streaming X, Y, and Z day? Like, I didn't get my good vibes. Like, it, it was, yeah, what, what, what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, was that was that your goal in the beginning? Like, when you fir- very first started streaming, was that the overall goal? What, to spread positivity? Or? Yeah, the, the, the idea of essentially what you've built now in your stream, the, the good vibes, the positivity, was that the yeah. goal, or did it just become that over time? No, it kind of was that. Like, when I first discovered Twitch, um, the very first stream I, I, I saw was a guy called uh, Spamfish. Uh, you know, it's a legendary foulfish emote, if, if people don't know. And after that was another stream called Co-Carnage. And, like, his thing is, like, extremely positive. And I just saw what he done on such a large scale. And I was like, man, I'd love to do, I'd love to kind of have something similar where I, like, I, I didn't know it was possible to have something so positive on the internet. It's like, that's freaking awesome. I want a version of that. So I could spread some positivity to, even if it's just one person, you know, then, mm-hmm. you know, if you can just do that every day, just, you know, maybe make someone's day that 1% better. Mission 1%. Accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. Saving the world one stream at a time. Mm-hmm. Now, what what actually got you into streaming altogether? Was it was it just 
the idea of, of spreading the positivity or was there something more to it than, than that? Just the streaming part of it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, when I first saw Twitch, I was just saying, like, when I see so many streamers like Spamfish and, like, the massive streamers like Co-Clunch, what they do in such a positive way. And I just thought, I'd like to try that. Mm-hmm. Now, did you start on Twitch you know? or did you try a different venue first? No, no, no. I, I started on Twitch. I started, um, I wanted to go like full ham for it. So I said to myself, I'll do, um, I'll try and do 30 days consecutively. And uh, yeah, we, we started, uh, I think it was like December 29th. Mm-hmm. I think it was really weird kind of day to start <laughs> streaming. It's like, ah, Christmas is done. <laughs> got nothing to do for a little bit of time. Why don't we just start streaming on Twitch? Uh, yeah. Now, you are part of Epic Streamers. Uh, tell people about that and what really interested you in being part of that. Uh, originally, Lace approached me. Uh, she'd been lurking in my stream for a while and said, hey, doing this new thing called Epic Streamers, it might not take off, it might not be anything. But, uh, you know, do you want to join and see what happens with that? And to be honest, it's been absolutely, I can't think of any other word apart from epic to describe it. We just had the, the last monthly giveaway, which was said absolutely sensational by um, someone you had on your show before, Wicked Best. Mm-hmm. Absolutely bossed it. And it's just, it, you see a lot of, lot of taglines like that, you know, it's kind of like it's a family and these kind of things. And it, it really is. There's not many. It's such a unique community where everyone just kind of looks after one another. It's, it's very positive. It's really freaking awesome. And, you know, it's just an honor, honestly, just to be part of it. Now, have you been affiliated with any other communities prior to Epic that you could probably compare it to? Uh, possibly, like, the large one, like the Coalition. Mm-hmm. But um, not enrolled as, as heavy. So, um. But there are very few communities that could get anywhere close to Epic, you know, even right. uh, even on Twitch, just mm. just for how personal it is, you know. Right, absolutely. Now you see, you were actually you mentioned the uh, the Epic giveaway that just happened a few days ago. You were actually the mm. host of the very first Epic giveaway. I think that was for Destiny Two. Oh, second, second. Was it the second? So great, you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Late on the first one. Okay, I'm sorry. I guess I, I forgot. You were wrong. I'm sorry. Just hey, like your I need, I need a correction. My brain's not been working like it was, but it's fine. It's fine. But but the fact that you have been a part of a big epic giveaway and all the attention is brought to you for one entire day was that nerve wracking? Did you did you feel any challenges with that? Uh, I'm gonna say no. Okay. Which is kind of a weird answer. It, it's it's definitely like there's only been one scenario uh, as far as streaming on Twitch where I thought like oh crap kind of yeah this is bit, I don't know how I feel about this but um definitely not with the epic giveaway it's just like because it's like a celebration right that's what you it know, feels I, like I, you, you've been you've been there yourself for it and like mm. um it's just a massive kind of celebration that yeah it, it does it does promote a lot of things like it will get, you know there's the possibility of extra eyes on you. You know, it's very important on, on Twitch eventually if you want to make it to be able to generate more revenue. So in those kind of in those kind of senses, it's like there's added bonuses, but it's kind of like you just throw in a big party and it's some of your closest friends are there. So it's yeah. I never really thought about that no, way. It's kind of like an open house, you know. Everybody oh, yeah. come in, check it out, see if you want to buy the house. Yeah, that was actually a very yeah. good analogy. I never thought of it that way, but I like that. 
That's how I'll start to view it from now on. <laughs> it's a big party. There you go. You can have that one. Thank you. <laughs> um, are there, as a streamer, are there any problems that you encounter on a daily basis? Because with a few of the other streamers we've spoken of, they have their own set of problems. But I think with you, I can't imagine there would be the same set of problems. Now, granted, there will be a troll or two, but are there any specific challenges that you have or, or problems that you encounter regularly outside of just a, a regular troll? Oh, at trolling? Yeah, or, or even anything beyond that that would be problematic. Not not really. I mean, it comes down to the individual, right? Like, mm -hmm. I've always kind of had the mindset I do what I want, and if people don't like it, then particularly as far as Twitch, there's 10,000 probably other live streamers. So, you know, if, if someone didn't like it, then, you know, they can just fudge off. Right. So um, I think it comes down to mindset. For me, no, because I'm always quite... I guess maybe stare my way. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I don't think no, I don't think challenges, no. Okay. Well that's good though. That's good. And uh man, it's uh I'm glad you're here with us today. You're gonna chime in on our news. We're gonna move on to our segments now. Uh first of all, is there a game that you've been playing here lately that uh that you're fond of? It doesn't have to be on stream, just something that you've been playing on your own time, maybe. You know, this week I've I I didn't trash the game, but Warhammer Total War 2, I've been playing a lot of it this week, and I, I'm i not a fan of Warhammer, but I'm a massive fan of Total War. No, I don't think I've ever played the the first one or this one. I, I saw you playing it, though. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so much fun. And the thing for me is how different all three different races play, right? Because mm -hmm. generally with Total War games, it's kind of like there isn't too much difference, but with, with with this new this new version, you've got the, the like these lizard people, and you can have these big freaking dinosaurs, and it's so much fun. It's absolutely great fun. Nice. And yeah, all, all three races play uniquely different. I'm yes, yeah, I'm not really into Warhammer all that kind of magic -y kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I've been freaking loving it, man. Nice, really loving it. Todd, uh, what have, what have you been playing? I have played. Well, I I got um. What Shadow of War, uh -huh. but due to HughesNet, um, <laughs> it it's taken nine and a half hours to download a one gigabyte update. So I have not yet played the game. Wow! That... But it I have seen the disc like when it shows up on your PS4, it's there. I can look at it. I can't play the damn thing. <laughs> so I have played. I'm gonna resort back to. I played Killing Floor 2 with you. That's right, you did. And I have played Seven Days to Die. And had a good time. I'm getting way better at that game. I, Beth does not have to come in and save me every five minutes. That's good. That's very good. I'm glad you're getting better at it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you uh, about Shadow of War and later, but now I know which way that's going to go since your internet's being uh, yeah. funny. Sucks. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. It's okay. At Mammoth, in case you haven't heard, he has a problem with his internet on a weekly basis. It's just, it's, I, it, oh, okay. it would, it would be, it's, it's the equivalent of putting a trash can on your roof. That's the same internet connection I get with HughesNet. Okay, that that's freaking bad then. Yeah, yeah, it's the only choice I have right now. Sucks. Yeah. Oh, that sucks, man. That sucks. I hear that's a problem quite a lot in America. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. quite a bit. Mm -hmm. He's making America great again, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. we'll just not get on Christ. that. Christ. <laughs> uh, I've been playing Injustice 2. I, I got that uh, over the 
last weekend as a gift and uh, enjoying it quite a bit. It's been nice. It looked nice. Yeah. Uh, I've got a few little quirks about it that I don't really care for, but they're minor in the overall. It's it's more of a, you know how sometimes voices just don't match the characters. It, like I said, it's a very minor gripe. It's just like, eh. but it's what nothing. Characters? It's nothing. It's not a. It's not a game breaker for me anyway. What characters though? Uh, Aquaman's one that just the voice does not fit the character. And I think it's because I know who the voice actor is. Who is it? Uh, he's a voice actor by the name of Phil Lamar. Don't know him. Does he work it with us? No, he doesn't. Okay. Uh, he's he's actually quite prominent in voice the voice industry. He he did uh, Samurai Jack. Oh yeah. Uh, he did uh, Hermes Conrad on Futurama. Okay. Um, he did the original Green Lantern, or yeah, the Green Lantern on the Justice League cartoon, which he oh. does in this one as you know another side character. So that voice coming out of Aquaman doesn't quite fit. That's one of those. Eh, eh, yeah, it's kind of like your Samsung phone. It's a mic. Uh, I'm going to move on to news <laughs> since we're going to start bashing my phone. Uh, I actually got uh, the very first story that I had. I had to pencil this in last minute because I saw this got posted right after I'd, I'd put this together. Uh, Humble Bundle has been acquired by IGN. I saw that. I don't, and I didn't really see too much on that other than they had their basic press release that came out that stated, you know, everything's going to be business as usual. But for me, I have seen that statement before, and I won't name names, but Todd, um, we, we kind of work for a company that uh, gave that same press release, and we know firsthand that that is not the case. So mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. curious to see maybe, maybe at first if this will remain that way, but what they might change over time. Now, do, do you guys have any thoughts on what they might do to Humble Bundle over time? I don't see IGN really changing Humble, Bum, uh, Humble Bundle quite a bit. You know, like, mm-hmm. let what would IGN know about that? Correct. So, right. it's kind of like, hey, just come under our umbrella and you do your thing. As long as you don't go out of business, you know. Mm-hmm. You're good, because if I'm correct, they're like free-to-play games, right? Uh, Something like that? Not not all the time, mm-hmm. not necessarily. But mostly, that's what they're known for. Cheap bundles of games. Okay, then okay, this one, yeah, okay. But I just don't see them changing it a whole lot, really. Right. You know, the only thing that's kind of a little bit weird about it is, man, it's kind of about like when any review site with IGNR pick up something like this, it's kind of like, hmm... Does it then make their reviews just less, even well, even even less credible? You know, right? It's true. So yeah. From, from that part, it's kind of like ah, I don't know about like this. Yeah. But um, I mean, review sites are any it's subjective anyway. So um, yeah. Uh, see, I've never really used them. Like some of the deals are like, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's one of those that uh, we just have to wait and see how it plays out. Right, yeah. I, I've made yeah, one minor purchase from Humble, and that was just because I had no other option. So I don't know. But, I, yeah, I agree with what you say. You you kind of look on there, and it's like, oh, that, it's, it's pretty good, but I don't leap at it, you know, or the deals that they have. So I really couldn't say either. But I, I'm, I'm a little weary that this will kind of change them over time. Maybe not immediately, but over time. Yeah, so, I could say we'll that see. over time. Mm-hmm. 
the next story that I have uh, is about Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, we did get to see the trailer recently, and we mentioned it on our one of our last shows. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited about it. You know, I, I finally you guys it. excited about Red Dead Redemption yes. 2? Yeah, because... I think everyone is. Well, after closer inspection, I guess after the excitement died down, uh, it seems that two returning characters were seen within the trailer, and it has brought up more speculation. Now, if you may remember in the first game, John Marston uh, was our protagonist, and he was sent after his former gang members. Uh, two of those targets were Bill Williamson and the gang leader, Dutch Vanderlyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dutch had a bit role in the trailer. You could actually heard his name was dropped, and he even had a few seconds of screen time. Now, from what was seen, he actually appears to have a central role in the storyline, considering that the new protagonist, Arthur Morgan, is a member of his gang. So, with that being said, spotting Bill Williamson as well within the trailer, even for a split second, not all that surprising. So, for me, with their appearances in the game, the question becomes, is this a sequel or is it a prequel? That's what I was going to say. So, what, awesome what do you prequel. think? I'm going to say prequel. Prequel? Yeah. I'm going to say prequel. What about you, man? Sequel or prequel? Yeah, I think that, I think that makes sense. Like, uh, yeah, I think I think it makes perfect sense for it being a prequel. And you know, is, is it kind of weird that in a way, like, I, I, don't, I, I don't care what they can do, a prequel or a sequel. I just want to play it now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Release it now. Just, just don't worry about it. Have Come they have, have they given a date? Yes, uh, this, this fall. Fall. This fall? fall? No, 2018. Oh, sorry. I was fall about to say, 2018. wow. <laughs> We're almost through fall. Yeah. I believe yeah, it's, it's uh, Q2. So probably close to summer. Yeah, summer into summer probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's usually about when they come. Easter, yeah, it'd mm-hmm. be uh, April to June. That would be me personally. I guess in a way, I guess you know a prequel would be fine. I guess at the same time, I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel, and those could be flashbacks. But I guess based from from what we're seeing, it's probably more of a. It probably will be a prequel, but I think I would prefer a sequel just out of sheer curiosity to see where the story would go forward. I don't know, man. I want to know what got up to that point. Why did Marston leave? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that, that definitely could play into that because we would definitely see him again, I would imagine, if you're doing a prequel. Yeah, that would be awesome because so, he was such a good character. I hated that they killed him. But that would also beg the question, if you're doing a prequel, why not just go back to John Marston? Because you played him already. They don't ever do the same character twice. No, I, I mean, I agree, but you know people are going to... They do what they've done before well, with GTA Five, where you play as more than one character. So that way, Fair enough. that was the really rumor. Open up the story potential. No, that yeah, I that see has that. been a rumor because they showed that whole you know posse kind of riding together. Are you going to swap in between them? That could be very well be okay. Well, there's mm. uh, some food for thought right there. It was good, mm-hmm. delicious. I like it. A uh, little tidbit I have tidbit. here having to do with uh, the game Agents of Mayhem. Uh, the you game saw game. very very deep discounts this week. Recently down to about twenty dollars. Uh, and this is like after what two three months of after release i think it released yeah. in august yeah so yeah that's not even two months yet uh it kind of lean or lends a little bit of uh credibility to our story that we reported where volition was laying off uh quite a bit of their staff i really don't want to see this franchise die even though it's not technically saints row it's still kind of within that that idea i sh- i wish i'd have bought it but you know when it came out but i didn't I feel like a, a terrible fan, but you let—you're the reason they're laying people off. I know one. They always say one person makes all the difference, and look what I've done. The good job. I know. Jesus. 
No, I mean, I, I would lo- like to play it. I have heard that there are a few issues with it. And that could have that could have easily led to, you know, why no one was really caring to play it. I also feel like the lack of it not being Saints Row, what people are familiar with, also hurt it. Because it, it right. did. It, they, did, they didn't really make it clear from the get-go. It took me a minute to realize that was even what it was. So I kind of felt like that really hurt the sales as well. They should have called it Saints Row Agents of Mayhem. I think that would have helped a great bit because not everybody digs deep and, and researches games like we do. You know, they just see it from the, the box. And if they saw the name Saints Row, it might have been a selling point for them. Like, oh, I, I remember that game. And then they would have bought it. So you throw a pink dildo in there well, and call it Saints Row Agents <laughs> of Mayhem and everybody buys that game. Exactly. Why didn't they use the Saints Row name then? Because they wanted to make it stand apart because it's it's doesn't play like Saints Row, but it is still set in the universe in a, in a way, but an alternate universe. It, it gets complicated. So that, that probably had something to do with it. Like they were trying to start a new IP without starting a new franchise. I don't know. It, it's yeah. It's it was a tricky scenario, and I think it kind of bit them in the back end. Anyway, but we'll see how that turns out. Maybe maybe it won't be the end of it. Uh, next, a little tidbit I have is um, I don't know if you saw that on <laughs> Steam. Uh, we we've spoken of Denuvo. It's the anti piracy tool that they use on Steam to ensure that no one hacks their games and and tools around with them. Well, apparently. Uh, Middle Earth Shadow of War was cracked in just a day, <laughs> even though it had Denuvo installed with it. And this is actually following two recent hacks of Total War, uh, Warhammer 2, and FIFA 18. Uh, I think despite what they do, hackers are going to hack. It's going to happen. Hackers going to hack. They're going to find a way through. Yep. So I hate, I hate that it's happening, but I think this is almost their message of saying stop putting it on there. But they're going to have to come up with something different because I understand why they're doing it. You know, yeah, they're trying to the stop same, piracy. You're not going to ever stop piracy. They've been doing it since VHS. Come on. I know, but you know, it's people going battle on it. Yeah, and I think it's it's just going to get more difficult over time. The more technology advances, they're always going to catch up. Someone's going to find a way to break through. Speaking of Shadow of War, uh, apparently some keen-eyed players, and I use that with the utmost sarcasm. I have found a way to bypass microtransactions in the game. Now, apparently by refusing to check the box in the Terms of Service screen, this will prompt a message uh, saying offline gameplay warning, and then it will state you will not be able to access any of the online features of Shadow of War until you agree to the data uses described on the prior screen. This includes access to the market and online gameplay modes. Are you sure you want to continue? Answering yes, you'll be cut off from the online services. To me, this is essentially the equivalent of turning off your internet. Which would be good for me. Because you're you're still gonna be getting <laughs> you're still gonna be getting that son of a bitch off every day. <laughs> but I mean you're still gonna be getting the same the same game, the same experience with just without the market. Now I did that was one thing I did want to ask you, and I, I hate that you haven't played it yet because I want to know. That's what I want to know. How how that really integrates into it? Because the way people talk, it's such a big deal. But I can't imagine they would have integrated it in so heavily. Well, I read a thing. It said they're, they're not really that big of a, you know, a deal. But like, I want to know what they are too. Because like, is it pay to play? Like, do I have to do I have to pay something to keep going? Right. And that's 
I, sometimes I feel like people oversimplify these things and they make it sound like something it's not. Yeah. And this, this to me seems like one of those scenarios, but again, I've not played it, so I couldn't say for sure. And that's, that's what I was kind of hoping. Well, all it takes is for one person to get pissed off because they want something and they feel like it ought to be unlocked in the game. Mm-hmm. And then they start saying all this just false stuff about it. Right. It's fake news. And I'm so, I'm so glad you said that because that's a perfect segue into our next story. We're going to talk about <laughs> Donald Trump in Puerto Rico. No, no, no. It's about um, one person making the difference and blowing up a big story. Uh, <laughs> have you ever heard of a game on PC called the Kerbal Space Program? No, never. I've heard of it and seen someone play it. But oh, okay. Yeah, that's about a much. <laughs> Well, it was a recently reviewed bombed on Steam due to a recent change in the make of the game, or to make the game more inclusive. Back in June, there was a thread on the game Steam forums that highlighted uh, a space shuttle in the background of the game menu. The shuttle has a Chinese phrase written on the side of it, which translates to, without reaching Mun, you are not a good male. Someone in the game forum posted that this was a sexist remark, so the developer squad has since changed the phrase, but apparently it didn't go over so well, (laughs) because a review bomber argued that the new phrase, despite some of the characters being, that could actually be identified as a gender-neutral character, meaning brave and strong hero, actually harkens back to an old Chinese phrase saying, you are not a true man if you never got to the Great Wall. So, <laughs> despite other negative reviews calling uh, the developer squad uh, out for being too politically correct or for bowing under pressure, they actually did this on their own. They, they weren't pressured into doing this. Uh, the game does include female astronauts, so this change could have been performed to ensure inclusion. Uh, overall, for the game, the reviews have been positive, but it's unclear whether this will affect its sales. Now, as I said before we got into this, I feel like this is something that got bent way out of proportion. Happens all the time now. Like, I, I'm, I'm tired of it. Oh, yeah. I, I actually read a story, or a story was presented to me the other day about something. I won't, I won't get into it here, but it was just, you, you have to wonder where people's minds are anymore to take something so minute and blow it into something so proportionate. It's the uh, make a mountain out of a molehill scenario. I mean, for sure. So I guess I I don't understand the frustration. I'm not Chinese. Uh, I don't understand that the, the culture clearly. So maybe I don't get it from their perspective. So was the Chinese the one making it was, yes, it was a Chinese uh, player. Oh. So so perhaps there was something we were missing in translation. But that shows that this type of mentality is it's worldwide now for me. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Thank you, Facebook. Yeah. People love to complain. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, fuel anymore. They love it. Facebook is a salt, uh, like a big, what do you call it, a soapbox? Oh, yes. Everybody has a voice on Facebook. Yeah. I know that some people are actually more vocal on Facebook than they will be to your face. Yeah, because... They're scared. Oh, you think? Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, let's get on to something even better. This this actually got me excited. Um, on October 31st of this year, uh, an 8-bit adventure anthology, Volume 1, will be arriving on Xbox One, PS4, and PC, and will play host to three cult classic games. Yay. I'm hoping that you guys have heard of these, 
Because when I saw it, I knew exactly what they were. I remember playing them as a child, and I loved them so, and I can't wait to play these. Shadowgate. Don't remember it. The Uninvited. I remember that. And Deja Vu. Remember that. Looked like a Dick Tracy <laughs> on the front of the cover. Yes. Yeah, I remember it. You don't remember the name? I remember all of any of them. Okay. Uh, the company Abstraction Games, uh, they're the developer behind this. They've actually had their name attached to various titles as adapters, usually helping games run better when they're ported. Uh, I've seen their name attached to games like Hotline Miami, uh, Deng Parappa, Don't Starve. The, the games that I remember, these games, I remember playing them on the old uh, Nintendo, the NES. They, for me, could have easily been like old PC games because they had that kind of point-and-click mentality to them but they weren't they weren't quite that kind of like maniac they, mansion maybe uh not not quite like maniac mansion because maniac mansion definitely had that point and click because you had uh the the screen up here and then you had the the commands down at the bottom this was yeah. more you had that screen right at the top i think it was like the the top left corner was everything that you needed to see then you had your items to the to the right of that and then at the bottom you'd have the text and it was a it was a game each one of them pl- essentially played the same way and it was a puzzle game in a manner of speaking but a story at the same time and how you presented and how you uh proceeded in every scenario played out how you would expect so if you did something stupid like lit a torch and then used it on yourself you would burn <laughs> and die is that's what really would happen yeah so th- there weren't those you know moments where they says how's this going to play out let me see it does nothing no it would kill you so it was you, you really had to think about what you were doing. It was very simple in design, but puzzles were there. Uh, the story was there. I remember playing it. It actually creeped me out. I remember, I think, uh, Shadowgate creeped me out more than anything because of the designs. And especially at that time, I'm not very old. Did I don't it? remember playing games like that. This is probably one of my first forays into a horror-type game. Did that have like a, like a demon on the front of it? Uh, or like a pentagram or something? I don't think so i think that more had more uh no maybe like a gargoyle maybe yeah maybe i can't I feel remember like i've seen that when i was at walmart when i was little it, it could be at, uh, the, at the walmart at the walmart at the walmart well mammoth i definitely want you to check these out because i i think you would dig them you might you might not i don't know what what kind let me ask you that i guess i should have asked you that earlier what kind of games do you like uh i hate to sound really uh blah Blase, but I, I kind of like all games though, really. Well, like, that's good. That's not, good. I, I'm willing, like, if it's a good game, right? right. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I'm willing to try it. I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm not a big fan of puzzle games, really. I guess would be the one where I'm like, ah, I don't like that too much. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. I, really, I, don't, I don't like to think too much when I'm when I'm gaming. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's fair. Yeah, I kind of kind of like all games, really. Okay, and I, mm. I wouldn't really say this to being too blase. I mean, I would say that you know. I, I would give every game a chance, but at some yeah. point there will be some that I'd just be like, well, I'm not too... Like a racing game. I think we've, we've talked about that, Todd and I have. Racing games, I don't... I wouldn't go out of my way to play it, but if it was handed to me and I played it, I probably would enjoy it. Yeah. Like we, I, we discussed, um, I think it was Need for, Need for Speed Most Wanted. Never would have picked it up and played it for any reason because it just wasn't my my forte. Um, but it was given away for free on PS Vita one time. And I thought, what the hell? Sure. It's a free game. I played it and I played it consistently for about two weeks because I was just enjoying it. 
Yeah. You know, so again, it, it really just depends. It might not look appealing to me at first, but if I play it, I probably will enjoy it if it's a good game. Soundtrack as well. Like, uh, there's some racing games that are absolutely amazing soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, did you ever play Burnout Paradise? Yes, loved it. I haven't, no. It's awesome. This is the soundtrack alone. It's just, yeah. it's just one of those just iconic games, man. Mm-hmm. I wish I still made the Burnout games. Gran Turismo. Yeah. Uh, obviously, new one coming out this week is that. But, um, yeah, just uh, racing games bring out some of the most freaking amazing soundtracks. They, they really do. I don't know if you, you guys remember Rock and Roll Racing back on the Super Nintendo years ago. I feel like I remember the name. The only reason I got excited for this game, uh, I think it was developed by Interplay, and they were pretty innovative at the time. They had, granted, they weren't the actual songs, because it just I don't think they could have ever pulled that off on a Super Nintendo, but they used soundtracks for old game or for, you know, like old rock and roll songs like Peter Gunn. Uh, I think they had... Uh, um, what's the name of that song? Come uh, on, man. Da, 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 da. I'm on. trying. I'm trying. Uh, Born to be wild. Gosh, man. Wow. I'm telling you, man. It's, it's words are hard. Uh, I think they even had uh, Black Sabbath's "Paranoid" on there. <laughs> was it was another good one? It was just it was just cool that they had access to these songs and they were playing as you were racing. Right. You know, even though they weren't <laughs> the original songs, they were they were there in presence. You know. A little uh, M-I-D-I, MIDI's sounds. So it was pretty cool. We know what that is. Okay. Well, we got we got a little off the topic here, but I'm going to explain the uh, full details of these games to see if they might entice you. Now, Shadowgate... Now, grant, granted, I didn't write these. These are the official descriptions of the games. So, oh, they're going to be dressed up with big words. Now, can, can I can I do it in a very uh, unique way? Can I, can I well, really get you excited for it? What do you want? What do you? What kind of idea do you well, have? Like with Shadowgate, you got to get into that, you know, a dark, like yeah, a dark place, like, like this, like this. A wind whistles through the silent halls as you step through the stone threshold. You've just entered Shadowgate, a once shining castle, now an evil, dark, smoldering ruin. Swallow your fear and take up your torch. Wait, do it like Liam Neeson. You are the seed of prophecy, and in your hands lie the fate. Of the world itself. Way better. Okay. Way better. I tried. Uh, that well, that shadow. <laughs> uh, I mean, you sold it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, for the uninvited, do you do you have a preference there? Let's see. What was this game about? Uh, kind of in the same thing. I think it's more of a mansion as opposed to a castle. But I remember it kind of having a similar feel. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, can you do it like um, Gandalf? Gandalf. Hmm. Hmm. The last thing you remember was a figure appearing in the middle of the road and the sound of your sister's screams over the screeching tires. When you come to, you discover two horrifying things. Your sister is missing, and the mansion that now looms before you seems to be calling your name. That is the uninvited. I like, I want to play that game now. All right, awesome. And now? (laughs) (laughs) Deja vu, I want to straight up gumshoe right here. Ooh, all right. Gumshoe. Hmm. Any any uh any particular Man, like Bugsy Siegel Mug was it? What's his name? Oh Bugsy? Oh. Bugsy. Bugsy. <laughs> Alright, I think I, I think it's 1942, and you wake up in a shitty bathroom with no idea how you got here. Or for that matter who you are. You grab your 38 hanger from the door, stumble up the stairs, and find some stiff slumped over a desk and three bullet holes in him. You check your gun, 
Three bullets are missing. God damn. This is going to be a bad day. Very bad day. Very bad day. I, pro- I'm already sold. See, yeah, yeah I'm, well, that's that's all I had to do. You know, just the voices help. I, I still like last I week when you did it. They're paying you, but they're not paying you enough. <laughs> I pay him in Oktoberfest. He did. He has the last time. So that was fair. Uh, but that is, we, we didn't have a lot of news this week, but uh, that was it. But uh, guess what time it is? For now, I bet it's the weird news time. Weird news. Weird news. This is the only weird news I saw this week, but it's weird enough that I was like, "Well, yeah, I've got to bring this up." Um, have you have you heard of the game coming up? WWE 2K18. Are either it of you comes wrestling out every fans? Year. Yeah, every year, yeah. Okay. Did you know that Colonel Sanders from KFC <laughs> is going to be shit. a playable character? <laughs> he is jacked in that damn little picture of him. Oh, my God. That's true? Yes, it is very true. Okay. Now. <laughs> I want the Nashville hot. <laughs> <laughs> the announcement was actually made during a Hell in the Cell pay-per-view event, which is co-presented by KFC. The event saw Kevin Owens facing Shane McMahon in a steel structure along with the colonel himself facing off against his rival. Do you know who his rival is? The Rock. Do you know who his rival is? No, no, no. no. Oh, McDonald, Ronald McDonald? No. Who? It is <laughs> Pupper's Cluckers Chicken. Oh, shit. I don't know what that is. I don't either. They should have done like Popeye. Well, but then that would have been cross-promotion, uh, and then they would have Bojangles could have rode out. They could have had a dude called Bojangles. <laughs> Bo Jangles, Mr. Bo. Yeah, Mr. Bo Jangles. Mr. Jangles. Mr. Jangles. Okay. Obviously, this is a marketing ploy. Um, I actually, you know, did you guys say that y'all were into wrestling or at all? I've played them. I enjoy them. They're fun. But I I hadn't played one in like ten years. The old ones were good, weren't they? Like really good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now me personally, I mean, I'm I'm not a wrestling fan by any means, but I have I have enjoyed a few wrestling games. Like there was uh, one on the old uh, N64s called uh, No Mercy. I think that was the oh. very first one. Yes, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, No Mercy was like probably the first wrestling game I got obsessed with. Oh, man, you never got obsessed with like pro wrestling on Nintendo? Well, no, I mean, with this, you had you had the ability to create characters, and I had rosters upon rosters of characters that I just, that me and a friend of mine, we created tons and we actually did brackets and all, I'm serious I was obsessed with this game but it was but we had fun we would actually set up the matches to watch these characters fight each other that we had created it, that's how obsessed we were it was fun um and you know I played a few since then I I guess the only draw for me with these games are the creative characters if they are really well done right. I want to I want to create my character I want to put my character into these matches so but no, I mean that those are fun, and you know, I guess this would be kind of cool if I had the ability to create Colonel Sanders. I've created worse <laughs> on WWE. He had the white no, jacket on with the sleeves ripped out. He did in the picture. Mammoth, if you haven't seen this picture, go look it up. <laughs> Colonel Sanders WWE 2K18. You'll you won't be disappointed. <laughs> it's awesome. Okay. okay, his arms are bigger than my legs. Yeah, the Colonel was ripped. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was the only weird news I saw this week. So now we're going to get on to our topics. We have two topics to talk about today. One I don't really feel like will be a huge point of contention. I just felt like it would be worth bringing up in the topics. 
Okay. Because this this first one, I, I don't, I can't imagine this is going to be a huge debate for us, but it might be. So we'll see. There was a debate that started recently, uh, I'd say over the last week or two, about loot boxes in games. Games like uh, Forza Motorsport, uh, Shadow of War, and of course the upcoming Battlefront 2. They're offering randomized loot boxes for a price. Now this led to a question being asked is whether or not this const- constituted gambling. Now, the ESRB had responded saying that they do not consider loot boxes to be gambling. Now, while there is an element of chance in the mechanics, the player is always guaranteed to receive an in-game piece of content, even if the player unfortunately receives something they do not want. We do think of it as a similar principle to collectible card games, where you open a pack, you maybe get a new, brand new holographic card that you've had your eye on, but other times you'll end up with a pack of cards you already have. Uh, Peggy, which is the Pan-European Game Information, also issued a statement on the matter saying that their approach is similar to the SRB, but more due to the fact that they cannot define what constitutes gambling, that they believe that that is the responsibility of the National Gambling Commission. It is. I agree. Now, my, my stance on it before I pass it along to you, you two, I, I do agree with the ESRB here. It does suck that you... you pay your money and then you get the same stuff that you got at the end of the day you are still getting something with lottery tickets you plot money down and it's a chance of win or lose and sometimes you lose and you get nothing here you are paying for something you're always getting something therefore i feel like it negates the idea of gambling because the whole purpose of gambling is paying money for a chance to win more but you're not guaranteed to win anything at all you know even if it is a free ticket comparing them to a, a card game you know, like the trading cards, Pokemon cards, whatever. Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like that's a little bit off. No, it's no, not. No, no, by, by, this is the only argument I have with that. I say to a point, simply because if you get cards, you have an opportunity to trade them with someone. You can't trade your gear you get from Shadow of War or Battlefront with someone else because right. you don't want it. Cards, you have an opportunity to still get a better card. You just have to find someone to trade with. That, yeah, that would see, be my only argument. There. It's the same as, um, and I don't know why nobody's talked about it before. They've done this on like Madden, those um, the ultimate teams. Mm-hmm. You know, you buy the pack, you're guaranteed a, a five star player if you pay this amount of money, and three silver players, and this and that. Well, you might get the same damn players you already had. Right. But now, just now, they're starting to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, but I think it's starting to become more uh, prevalent and, and more people are starting to do it to where it's starting to take on a life to where people are seeing it so much that they're like, oh, now, wait a minute, I don't like this. Yeah. I so, mean, you know, when one game does it, that's one thing. But when numerous games are doing it at the same time, I think that's where people start to take note. Because even in Justice, even in Justice, I believe they have that same... Uh, I don't know if it's you're paying in-game currency or, like, game currency. Right. But I do know that there is a chance you that the mother boxes to get gear, you know, those are randomized, and you can buy those. As can you unlock to them in the game? Uh, I, they, there was an option. I've not done it where it says buy, but I'm assuming it's the end game currency. But you also have the option to buy the end game currency through the store, so you can buy that. So it, it would essentially be the same thing if you're going to do that. If you're going to pay money, right, just to get currency. Definitely don't think it's gambling, though. Uh, to me, it is gambling. If we if we look at some of the sites that have popped up, like uh, like this, if we take the Counter Strike ones, right? Mm-hmm. So like a lot of them, like 
uh, CSGO Lotto. There's been um, a few people that enrolled for that one that got caught, that got taken to uh, court and they they lost and had to pay a large sum of money out because it's basically it's kind of it was deemed by the courts as on that on that case in England to do with uh, they said it was uh, they linked it towards with gambling and obviously they were trying to incentivize children to, to use the site for using influencers. There was T Martin and um, another uh, two influencers. Uh, I can't remember the names. Mm-hmm. But um, to, to me, to me, it, it 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 is a form of gambling. People get addicted to these things. I, I've never seen a story on the news where man gets addicted to buying Pokemon cards and racks up a huge amount of debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, I do think it is a form of gambling. I myself, on a, as a responsible adult and uh, someone who's uh, been previously a successful businessman, still racked up several, uh, spending several thousand on Madden one year. <laughs> so, uh, is it? Uh, to me, it is. Yeah, I mean, particularly when you look on stuff like Steam, right? Mm-hmm. Say I'll get this. Say I've been, I've spent like, I've spent like a hundred quid on buying all these boxes for CS guys for this one skin. I get that one skin, and I can then sell that one skin as well on the marketplace for real money. So to me, it is gambling. Yeah. Right. People are getting addicted to this big time, and it's a big issue. But I mean, I'm not surprised by it. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Now, now with that that argument in mind, I can. I can see where you're going with that because I never thought about an addiction to it. And I can, you know, we, we kind of talked about it in the, I think it was last week. What was it? We were talking about mobile games and their purchases. Yeah. Where you, you have, to, yeah. you, you know, to pay I, to play I, the rest of the day. You know, you have to right. buy a chip or something to play today. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if you heard Mammoth. I, I spoke about yeah. it last week and where I did, I had yep. spent a, a large chunk of money. Didn't realize it. It was just something that happened over time. And I can definitely see where you're talking about here. Anyone could easily do this thinking, I just I want to get this one thing. I want to. There is that bit of uh, obsession about it where you just have this innate desire to want to get that. And you're going to just say, you justify it to yourself. I can just pay this now and, and get this little bit. And maybe I'll get it, maybe I don't. But you'll continue to justify the small amounts, not realizing what it's going to amount to in the long run. So, yes, I can kind of see it from, from a gambling obsession problem addiction so yeah okay that's fair enough well you, you know you got to think about what he said with the little kids the, little, the kids are in there and how many of them don't you know ask their mom for you know or dad for permission they just hit the button and then all of a sudden you got a thousand dollars worth of debt they don't know they don't understand you know that happened to us like on a mobile game like our little girl charged like ninety dollars worth of stuff and it was just a one-button push. That's all she had to do. Even though we had it set where you had to put the password in each time, because she was doing it so fast, it was going straight through anyway. Mm. But they gave us our money back, so I was happy with that. Well, that's, I mean, that's a plus. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I think that could be a whole other topic for another day. Yeah. Just getting into that. Uh, but no, I, th- I feel like that was a, was a pretty good topic. We, we covered uh, some interesting ground. I don't think there's any other point of contention there. That I can see. Oh, there's always points to come. Well, in. yeah, but I mean, not not between us. I think maybe. We, we've kind of covered. Maybe. Well, what what else do you have to say about that? Oh, nothing. I don't have anything. So. Well, good. Then I'm going to move on to our next topic. Okay. Which well, I, I do. Like I want to. Be... I do want to touch on one thing. <laughs> what is that? That I think that while this is, it could be considered gambling. Having a Samsung phone is gambling. <sighs> Instead of an iPhone. 
Yeah. Yeah. How so? I don't know. I mean, just because you don't know what reasons. you're gonna get. I know what I'm yeah. getting with the Samsung. I don't know. I know what I'm getting with an but iPhone. I know the quality that I get with my iPhone. <laughs> Is, is it is it is it good quality anymore? Because I've, yeah, I've kind of heard. Yeah, it's quality, dude. You know I, what? We're getting. I've dropped. I've, <laughs> never mind. Okay. Yeah, we're getting off topic. That's a, that's a whole <laughs> other topic. Next topic uh, was I found an article this week that uh, stated some mid-sized developers are in the kind of in con, uh, point of agreement that they believe that the gaming market has suddenly become oversaturated with games. Uh, there used to be a window during the year. When game releases would slow, usually around the summertime. Right. Now, every week, you know, we, we do game uh, release dates and stuff like that. We always have something new releasing. Uh, AAA games, early access titles, beta tests, DLCs, expansions, you name it. There's always something coming out. Um, they mentioned that this is uncomfortable. They feel like it's uncomfortable to consumers. And on that point, I would kind of agree. You know, I can't keep up with games anymore. I, you know... I don't even attempt to try. Oh, it's it's hard to Be, even play all your games. Yeah, anymore. because you feel like you've got such a backlog, and there's always something new coming out. Um, in saying that, I also feel like that some of the smaller games that come out get lost in these yes. sea of larger titles because they get the bigger. Uh, I think promotion. that's the ones that come out more during the summer. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that's in turn detrimental to developers, uh, indie ones more specifically, because their games get get lost in the shuffle. Uh, they struggle to find financing. That's where you kind of see that that push on kickstarter and things like that now self-funding and that always doesn't produce the game that people expect right so my question to you uh mammoth i'll I'll let you start are there too many games in the market and why do you think there are or aren't are there too many games uh yeah there probably are um well i suppose it's I mean, I'm not quite sure exactly why. I mean, I'll be interested maybe um, with stuff like Kickstarter, I, I guess production costs have come down considerably. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's quite easy to develop your own game. I think, wasn't it? One person, I think, done the coding and, and all that for uh, Stardew Valley. So um, I think it took him, I think the game took in completion about 10 years to make or something. Wow, something like I did not know that. So if it's... I imagine that's a part of it. I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of crap games. Is the problem, isn't there? That's, oh yeah, that's for the sure. biggest issue with it. Yeah, is time. quality and how we uh, how we can just filter out some of the crap. I mean, AAA developers are trying to spread their games right across now. Like you see it now that before it was always biggest games at Christmas. Now it's the Easter slot is probably more. It's generally like last year. It that was. That was packed more yeah, than yeah. this Christmas. Mm-hmm. You had Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, Zelda. I think there was, I think that's when Neo came out. Uh, Mass Effect was near that, that time as well. Zelda Rockstar came loved that time of year uh, tremendously. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I think everyone's just looking for that slice of pie. I think there's more developers around. And so there's just more, yeah, there's just more content around. Yeah, I agree. I think that... Uh... I think after you have Christmas time around, well, before Thanksgiving, on to Christmas, everybody tries to beat that holiday rush. That's when the AAA games come out. You see, I guess like a fewer indie games seem to come out then, uh, and I know there's still some. But then after Christmas, it seems like that's where Sony has been pushing their big games. Like like you said, Easter, uh, February, around my birthday, the end of February, beginning of March, on into April, that seems like that's where a lot of those games start to come out 
that don't want to contend with Call of Duty and all those just huge third-party games. And then you have summertime is when the big indie games come out, it seems like. And then you have all... I don't, I don't want to call all of them trash, but there's there's a lot of trash games that just slide out. And you see the work, the artwork and you're like, man, I want to try that game. And next thing you know, you spent four ninety nine on a piece of junk. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much... The triple game, triple A games, like they come out sparingly throughout the year until the holiday, but they're the marketplace is flooded with this the middle tier developers and indie developers, right? But there there are some really good games in there in the mm-hmm. middle of them. Not all of them's trash, but some of them really are. Do you think there's a way that they're in any way in the marketplace? Do you think there's a way that we could? I guess maybe not us as consumers, but maybe the the industry itself could find a way to put those games up on a pedestal versus letting them get lost in the shuffle. Because I know uh, PlayStation, uh, from what I've seen, uh, I don't know if Steam does it. I haven't really dealt with them too much yet. But, they, you know, if, if there's a good uh, indie game title out there, they like to, to put it on their free monthly program. Right. Uh, Microsoft may do it as well. But they'll, they'll kind of set it up and just say, hey, you may have missed this one. Like, I did that with Hotline Miami. I, I never did uh, play it when it first came out. But when they put it on the free list for the month, I thought, well, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a look. And I, I fell in love with it immediately. And I kind of felt like that's okay. what they do best is they take those good titles and just kind of showcase them to say, just in case you missed it, you may want to try this one out. Uh, but do you think there's anything else that somebody could do to correct that, to help the the ones that actually are worth playing not get lost. I think that program is a good way for them to do it. You know, they give them a large sum of, mo- sum of money. Mm-hmm. They can operate their business with that money, and they get a lot of notoriety from being on that that program, the PlayStation Plus program. Mm-hmm. And for me, if I was doing a, a studio like that, the first thing I would go to is take that money and I would work on some kind of downloadable content to further my game because you're going to make your money back if you if you make a good piece of downloadable content, right. if it's worth playing. Mm-hmm. But they also do, what is that, Summer of Play, where they take those four or five games, and you get discounts for pre-ordering them, mm-hmm. and they put those five games on a pedestal. And they're usually really good games. Yeah, very true. All five of them. So if, if they would all do that, I think you would start seeing... Hey, I got to get on this program. You would see the middle people maybe strive to be on that program, and that trash would kind of just slide off to the bottom, and you wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. Mm-hmm. I just worry about you know because Atari back then, this is how the game market kind of fell through. Like just all that garbage games, you know, all those they started coming out. Nobody cared. There was no check on it or nothing. I think that led to Nintendo's um, seal of approval kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we're checking to make sure that this isn't garbage before we put it on our system. Right. I'm worried that's going to happen again. You know, this going to, the bottom is going to fall out one day. Yeah. I just, I mean, I hope it's not anytime soon. And I hope if it does, there's a net that catches all the stuff that's worth a damn. Cause I don't want to go without video games, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if your game's good enough, people are going to hear about it word of mouth. I mean, if I was a, if I was a small to medium uh, developer, I mean, the first thing I'd want to do is, you know, is I'd want a bunch of, uh, influencers, content creators that I'm just going to work with and say, hey, like, can you just play our game at different stages? I've, I've seen a bunch I've seen a bunch more of that happen on Twitch and I think that's freaking great. I'm not quite sure really what else they can do. I mean, 
when I'm always looking at a small game on, on Steam, mm-hmm. one thing I definitely always do is look at the reviews. Right. You know, that's the one good thing about Steam. So you know if something's going to be completely crap. But uh, I'm not quite sure what else they can do, really. I think... It's like... With the AAA games, they're always going to release content, regardless if the game, regardless if you say, oh, you can only release, like, if, if somehow it became a thing that you can only release a game at one time of the year, right? Mm-hmm. But there's DLC right, right throughout the year. Like, if you take a game like Destiny, like, every, every few months, there's going to be a new uh, DLC pack come out with, with, like, new content. So there is no, I think, solution to it, really. I don't know. I just, I mean, we, we've talked numerous times about how we, we love indie games and we just, you know, there being an oversaturation, I think the fact that they are becoming more prominent, they are kind of adding to the problem. Right. But I don't, I don't mean that in a, a bad way. You know, they're trying to get their foot in the door just the same as anybody else and they've got to work harder. You know, they really have to push to yeah. make that happen. Well, okay. What was that one yeah. game? It came, it was an indie game. It was called like Black Tiger. Have you remember? Mm-hmm. I think it was called Black Tiger. I don't remember that one. It it was it was just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Garbage. It looked like a freaking Super Nintendo just clone. It was just terrible looking. I mean, it didn't even look good. Mm-hmm. Okay, it looked more like a PS One, PS Two game. Okay. Uh, they wanted nineteen dollars for it. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, it was trash, man. I mean, like that does not need to be put. There needs to be a check somewhere. We're like, look, your game is not good enough. Yeah. I'm sorry to tell you that. Take it back to the drawing board. Make it better. Come back. Don't just let it slide onto the thing and let people look at it because that is that's going to hurt everybody. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Steam they did kind of a purge here recently where they were trying to get rid of I, I don't want to say garbage games, but I, that's, I mean, what that's, that's what they were. You know, just games that had absolutely no merit, no value to them whatsoever. They were just trash. I correct. Thought, yeah. Okay. So that to me. I, I, I don't want to say anything. I don't know who the developers are. I don't know who, you know, produce these games. But I do know, I think we spoke about it a few weeks back. There are just some people out there who just produce garbage for the sake of just trying to see what, how much money they can make. Right. Fidget spinner game. Yeah, who, stupid. What, what is that? He what made a million dollars. Yeah, but he makes money because all he had to do was sell it for, what, a buck? Yeah. And then he sells uh, DLC for 50 bucks if you want a gold-plated fidget spinner. That's ridiculous. But you know someone out there paid that money. I know you it. You know someone did. Nope, because there is at least a million idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so all you'd have to do is like, ah, I could pay a buck for this, why not? And I could just sit there and, and just play with this thing for doing nothing. You haven't. I mean, it's it's not a game as far as I'm concerned. There's no skill involved. Well, I think they need to start doing it like the music industry where, you know, like there's a ton of songs. Everybody can write a song, mm-hmm. but you don't ever hear those crappy songs. They're, oh, yeah. not, they're not on iTunes. That's It needs to be something like that. Yeah, but I, I mean, the game market has become easy to publish now, it seems. Especially with... Well, self-publishing is where... Yeah, and that, I think Steam needs to start being a little bit more... Well, I guess they are kind of doing that now, if they've purged. Maybe they're starting to, to be a little, a little bit more critical. Because we know consoles, whether it be Nintendo or PlayStation, Microsoft, whatever, they, they are. They're very critical. You know what comes on their console to a point. I would to say. a point. I mean, the PlayStation Store is full of garbage, dude. Yeah, I'm telling you. No, no I, mean, I mean, I think we've covered all bases. That the problem is, I mean, Steam is trying to do what they can right now, but I mean, this problem isn't just about just games as far as on PC or on console. I, I, I guess this problem is probably even worse on mobile, right? Oh, oh God, yeah. yes. 
<laughs> That's probably where it started. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone wants to make a quick buck. For sure. So unless Steam, unless Steam are a bit more robust on what constitutes a game, uh, how much content it must have, then uh, I, I can't see this ever-ending, really. I think it's just going to be one of those ever-ending battles. There's, you know, everyone wants to make a quick buck, really. Right. So. Well, yeah, like I said, right now, I, I can definitely agree with that. There's just way too much. I can't keep up. I, I know that I have at least five or six games that I, I haven't even touched yet because I just don't have the time, you know, and there's just a lot that I want to play. But I guess at the same time, I can say, hey, that's good. At least I'll never run out of something to, to play. And I used to have that problem. So... Yeah, I did too. There's, you know what? I, I went outside and played football. That's right. <laughs> now I can't go outside and play football anymore. <laughs> There's just too many games. Speaking of too many games, let's move on to our release dates. I'm actually going to go through two weeks worth of release dates because uh, I hate to break it to everybody, but we're not going to be on next week. Why not? You didn't even break it to me. Uh, I'm breaking Whoa. it to you now. Um, well, there's. Uh, I'll tell you off of, you know, it's personal. I don't want to tell everybody. Well, just say personal. You don't want to say I'll tell you later. Yeah. Okay, it's personal. It's personal. Personal. Sorry, sorry that I have to do that to you people, but uh, Stephen got his period. uh, Don't even. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, But no, I'm going to cover two weeks since I know ahead of time because sometimes I don't. Uh, Keep in mind that all release dates are subject to change. On uh, October 17th, we have GT Sport for PS4. Uh, Elix, I've never heard of that. Uh, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, Etrian Odyssey 5 Beyond the Myth for 3DS, Rogue Trooper Redo for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, the highly anticipated South Park The Fractured But Whole for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and also WWE 2K18 for PS4 and Xbox One. I'm really looking forward to South Park, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad it's finally coming out. But, you know. uh, Yes, 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 yes. Um, on October 19th, we have uh, Age of Empires, the Definitive Edition for PC. On October 20th, we have Fire Emblem Heroes for Nintendo Switch and Siberia for Nintendo Switch. Then on the following week, on October 24th, we have Destiny 2 finally arriving for PC, which I thought it was. Was it not? No, I think it comes out, yeah, it comes out a little later. Huh. Okay. What do I know? Uh, Just Dance 18 or 2018 is coming out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch. I know somebody that's going to love that. Wii U, PS3, Xbox 360, and PC. Uh, Knights of Azure 2, Bride of the New Moon for PS4, Switch, and PC. Uh, ooh, I'm going to try with this one. Yomawari, Midnight Shadows for PS4, PC, and uh, PS Vita. Then there is Road Rage for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Then finally, on October 27th, we have... uh, This is a big day. This is a big day. Uh, We have Assassin's Creed Origins for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Then for the Nintendo Switch, Super Mario Odyssey, which I would love to play. I actually heard it got a perfect score from... It's a Mario game. They're going to give Mario perfect score every time. Mario. Everybody loves Mario, despite how you feel about Nintendo. Uh, No, I like Nintendo. Okay. I like my Super Nintendo. All right. And then finally, we have Wolfenstein, the new Colossus for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Mammoth, you looked excited. (laughs) 
Yes, yes, yes. I completely forgot that comes out this month as well. Like, it is some, some, someone used the the, uh, the, the the kind of little message of like, it's going to be Broketober, and it really is. Mm-hmm. I'm, man, there's still so many freaking awesome games. Assassin's Creed looks one of the best in freaking years, man. I'm so pumped for that. Yeah. Going to Egypt, freaking love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wolfenstein, that game was... Did anyone play it last year when it came yeah, out? Yeah, I played it. I've got time? it. It's, it's awesome. What were your thoughts on it? I liked it. I thought it was great. It was freaking great. Yeah. I can't wait for. I can't wait for that. That that one's literally flying on the radar of so many people. I love the uh, downloadable content where you could. Uh, you had the secret parts where you could go back into the old game. Did you see those? Where the dream, the dream uh, sequences. It's like you were playing the original Wolfenstein. Yeah, it's. I. I think honestly, it's. It's one of those games where. I, it's flying on the radio with so many people, and it has so much potential. It, I just hope it can live up to the hype. I think it will. A uh, little little footnote, because I think I, I spoke to Mammoth about it. I don't know if I spoke to you about it, um, but did you hear the uh, new story uh, surrounding Wolfenstein, the New Order, or the New Colossus, about uh, Nazis being angry? <laughs> I'm 99.8% sure I saw that. Yeah, it was. Uh, they they were upset because there's anti-Nazi propaganda in the game. <laughs> You're a Nazi. We don't give a shit what you say. Yeah. So uh, if there are any Nazis listening, um, f off. Yeah, I'm not sorry. I, I'm. You know, I'm, I'm. Thank you for for listening to our podcast. You know, I really appreciate it. But uh, we we can't condone your actions and and what you do. So uh, sorry, not sorry, as the kids say today. Sorry, not sorry, because you're cray cray. They say that too. Yeah, you know, there's something funny about that though as well. Like, Call of Duty has gone for a similar thing, but apparently you can't use the word Nazis in some countries. I think it's like Germany, and I think there's a few other European countries you can't use that. You right. can't use the flag or any of that kind of stuff. So interesting. Yeah, I think they Concert? actually changed the the they altered it in Call of Duty. World uh, World War Two, right? Didn't they change it? Where yeah, it didn't look- change, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's Axis versus like allies. So. Uh, well, Weird. we've just got to make it proper for everybody. Political correctness, blah blah blah. That's- I like shooting Nazis. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, hey, let's move on to something more positive. Our retro review. Yay! Yay! Woo. This this is a game I dug up. I've been wanting to talk about it for a while. I'm kind of hoping that you two have have at least heard of it. Um. It's something that I feel like went under the radar with so many people, and I like to try to find those old games that no one ever played or, or paid attention to. Mystical Ninja, starring Guaymon. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. This was for the Nintendo 64. Mammoth, does that sound familiar at all? Never no? out of it, mate. Okay. Well, let me see if I can entice you <laughs> to look it up. First of all, I wish I had the song here, but you have to hear the theme song. It will be starting to play right now.
Wasn't that an awesome theme song? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Mystical Ninja starring Guaymon is known as... Here we go. I'm going to try my Japanese here. This is the best part about yep. this every week. Gambare Guaymon. Neo Momoyama Bakafu Bakufu no Adori. You screwed that up. I did. Uh, in rough translation in English, go for it, Guaymon. Dance of the Neo Peach Mountain Shungunit. <laughs> I, I like Mystical Ninja starring Guaymon. It's, it's simpler. Um... It's a platform action adventure video game. It was released by Konami uh, on the N64 in or on August 7th in 1997, or in Japan, and uh, April 16th, 1998 here in North America. Uh, may have been uh, in the UK, hopefully, so maybe you can find it. Uh, it's the fifth entry in the Gambare Goemon series, the second Goemon game released in the North America. Do you remember Legend of the Mystical Ninja on the Super Nintendo? Does that sound familiar? I feel like it's where I... Maybe that's what I played. You may, may have. It was a two-player uh, side-scroller... Uh, I want to say kind of beat him up. Not, not, I don't want to use Final Fight as an example, but kind of in that where it was... Were the, little, were the characters little sprite characters? Sort of. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you, uh, you... Did your little character have like spiky hair? Yes, he did. Okay, he so wore like a little red outfit. Yeah, like I think that's what I played. And his, uh, well, I'll, I'll get into that before, because he had a, he had a sidekick, sort of. Guaymon uh, is a hot-blooded, kirisu-wielding ninja with blue bushy hair who lives in Oedo Town, and his friend, oh, boy, these names, Ibisumaru, <laughs> a strange, fat, gluttonous man who wears a blue bandana. Ibisu... Wow, why am I struggling with this? Ibisumaru is defined as a lazy and perverted individual, and trust me, that's not a vague description. There are end credits in this game where this character, Ibisumaru, takes out his camera, shrinks, and then gets on his back and crawls under the feet of a female NPC and takes a look under her dress. I'm that not would joking. not go over well today. But it happened, I swear it happened. <laughs> <laughs> that could never be launched today. No. no. That's, and like I said, that's just one example I can think of, but I, I swear it happens. Look it up. Uh, there's also Sas- uh, Sasuke, who is a mechanical ninja who enjoys hot baths and Japanese tea. And there's also Ye, a fierce sword wielding. Ooh, come on. Kunochi. Yeah, I got it. Uh, being on the N64, one can compare it to other open-world adventures, uh, such as uh, Super Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time. It really had that open-world right. type setting. Uh, you navigate Guaymon and his friends through forests, fields, dungeons, and other three-dimensional models of feudal Japanese places. We've talked about feudal Japan in other games before. They didn't quite have the uh, understanding of feudal Japan, I don't think. Uh, because I think it was what Kid Nicky, and they said radical man. Yeah. Did you know that mammoth? I didn't realize that they said radical in feudal Japan. Who knew? No, I didn't. Yeah. Now you know no. a little piece of history. <laughs> All thanks to Kid Nicky. Uh, but this is Guaymon, and I don't think they said radical in this. I think they were a little bit more uh, appropriate to feudal Japan that we know of, but we weren't there. Anyway, players can control one of four characters at a time, but you can cycle through them with the press of a button. Uh, you travel through Japan, uh, you visit towns, coffee houses, uh, where you can be safe from enemies. Uh, you can eat in the restaurants, sleep in the inns to refill your strength. You can buy armor or rice balls. 
Uh, yeah, that's the that's the original. That's one. the one I played. Yeah. Uh, there's also self-acting items that refills its health by or refills health by itself. Many interactive non-player characters populate the cities. You can talk to them, much like other things you can uncover. uncover. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting fast. That's the first time this today. I know. I was doing pretty good. Uh, you can uncover plot devices or idle gossip, which are common tropes in these type of games. Uh, when you defeat a boss, a cutscene begins where Guaymon appears outside of the dungeon and helms his giant robot friend, Impact, to thwart an enemy robot. Now, again, if you remember... I think it's even still popular today in Japanese culture. Giant robots are a thing. And this is this is the part of feudal Japan, which I think they kind of stretch a little bit. I don't know if they would have giant robots back then. But we don't know. We, we should ask there. Beth. She lived there. Who? Beth lived there. Oh, did she? She lived in Japan. Feudal Japan. Feudal Japan. I'm just saying she lived in Japan. She might know about feudal Japan. These sequences begin with a music video and a high-speed minigame in which impact must smash structures and avoid hazards while racing across the countryside. It's pretty fun. At least that part was. It was pretty... The, the entire game was wild. I think there was a lot of uh, translation issues because it's so Japanese <laughs> in its in its style, you know what I mean? Uh, the story actually follows... Yes, uh, the story follows Guaymon and his friends trying to prevent uh, the Peach Mountain Shoguns, because that's an awesome name for a gang. Yeah, it uh, is. From turning Japan into a westernized fine arts theater. Damn. <laughs> the plot calls for three cinematic musical features and battles between giant robots. The story is steeped in surrealist and Japanese humor, which is seen through certain elements, such as the use of giant robots, airplanes, and the consumption of pizza, because these things happened in feudal Japan. Well, I'm just saying. You Mm -hmm. should ask. Uh, The game's dialogue is peppered with offbeat humor and a few instances of sexual innuendo, as I kind of mentioned. They (laughs) love sex in Japan, I Mm -hmm. Such as uh, characters mentioning how he wields his pipe to impress young girls. That, was <laughs> that a... sounds like me. And <laughs> uh, in, in the Japanese game, a character called or oh, there's a character that collected hentai magazines and pornographic posters rather than automotive publications, uh, and obviously that was removed for the Americanized version of the game. Uh, Another thing that they did in the game, which I really loved, I felt like it added to the humor of it, is it actually had a laugh track. So anytime there was a, a joke that popped off uh, between characters, there would be an audible laugh track in the background to punctuate those jokes. <laughs> and again, I've never seen that in a game, so it was just so unique. That is kind of I really did kind of dig that. Uh, the game itself sold about uh, 55,000 units here in America and about 141,000 units in Japan. It was met with decent reviews. Some praised the story and its offbeat humor, while others felt it was rather inane. Uh, but its deep cultural influences and some localization problems no doubt kept it from being fully embraced. I truly believe that it would be a hit today, despite what we said might not make it stateside. Uh, but I, I think it would be a hit today considering the popularity of anime and manga has become i really feel like it would be embraced so much more because people would understand it more. i think i think the the surgeons of anime and manga have allowed other people to embrace japanese culture in a way that they wouldn't have back then because they read about it and they see it and they want to understand it more 
this game was actually followed by a Game Boy game of the same name. It featured gameplay similar to the uh, Super Nintendo title Gumbare Goemon 3, and I'm not even going to attempt the uh, subtitle of that. Uh, Please attempt it. No, 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 no. I'll let you. You want to try that? All of that. No, huh. that's what I thought. No, no I can't speak Japanese. <laughs> it's presented, uh, or it presented a story in which Ye had been kidnapped by the Black Ship Gang. Uh, in 1999, Konami released Goemon's Great Adventure on the N64, but it was more of a 2.5D side-scroller with multiplayer support, so it wasn't quite in the same vein. The reviews were, were pretty high-marked for recreating the feel of the older 16-bit Goemon, and it's actually considered the best side-scroller for the N64. But as of right now, it is the last Goemon game released stage-side, which I feel is a shame. Because I did. I loved that game. I loved the characters. I did like Legend of a Mystical Ninja on the Super Nintendo. That was fun. Because you could, am I right? You could, you could ride the tiger. You know, it's on the front, mm -hmm. but you could, you could ride the animals. In I, I do believe so. Yes. Yeah. Man, if you've never uh, seen that series, uh, definitely look it up. Just look up Guaymon. G O E. Never heard of it before, man. You gotta get, you gotta give it a look. See, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting. I would, I would love yeah, to I'll see it love. get a resurgence at some point. Maybe, uh, maybe it'll come back. Who knows? Well, I got to say one thing. Okay. This whole entire podcast, I have been evaluating you, Mammoth, because my one of my favorite bands. They're called Catfish and the Bottle Men. I don't know if you ever heard of them. I've never heard of them. Okay, well, sorry, but <laughs> my point. Every every band that I've ever liked, and I think, man, these guys are cool. Find out they come from the UK. So I'm just wondering, you know, like, you know, Mammoth is is he going to be cool? You know, since he's from that area, you know, then you are. You're pretty cool. Well, as you know, the whole of the UK is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, or pretty con. One, one one of them too. So um, I, 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 it's, it's been an honor to be to been on the show. It's uh, I love listening to the show every week. You've got such a great show here, and it's um, I I. I yeah, uh, it, it's been great, man. It's been well, great. It awesome. We do appreciate you finally coming on. It took, a, took us a little while to get get here because I think we had mentioned so a few far away. episodes back. Yeah, it's just it's a lot of uh, planning, you know, because there's there's a bit of a time difference. But I'm, I'm glad we finally got it uh, worked out so we could do this because it was definitely a pleasure to have you here, man. And like I said, I love... Anytime. Yeah, I love popping into your streams every morning. It makes my day... And any time that oh, I miss it, you know. It's sweet hearing that, man. Honestly, it's the little things like that. It's um, And that's why exactly what we stream. So thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank yeah. You. And to all of our listeners, honestly, if you've never been and you've never seen Mammoth, you don't know who he is, go to Twitch, www.twitch. Or was it .tv slash Mammoth EU. Yep. And you will not regret the stream. Trust me. You will enjoy your time there. But, guys, um, that is our show. Uh, I would like to thank all of our listeners out there following our podcast across the web. Leave us reviews on iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, wherever you listen. We'd love to hear from you. I'm sure there are other places that I haven't mentioned, like Venus. Venus we, we're still number one on Venus. Yeah, and I would love... Number one. I, we, we could be getting reviews on Venus right now, and we don't even know what they are. We're looking to expand to um, possibly Uranus. Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, but we, we haven't got there yet. No, so, no, uh, no. It's it. Have worked out getting, the deal. Getting to Uranus, getting into Uranus, it's tight. It's uh, it's it's really, really hard. It's tight. So uh, we have to, we're gonna have to work at it a little bit, and eventually yeah. we'll get we'll get in. We gotta you know smooth it out, 
You gotta be real slick mm-hmm. to get in there. So, but I we're working on it. We're working on it. Yeah. Uh, you can also follow our <laughs> Facebook page. Uh, join our community page to talk about games and uh, you know talk with other fellow gamers. Give us topics to discuss and maybe ask John a question. John wasn't here, unfortunately. Yeah, we didn't even mention that. Yeah. <laughs> John, John, we love you, man. Uh, we, we don't we just... care if you're here or not, John. We're, the show goes on. Yeah. No, John was out. He, he couldn't make it today, but that's fine. You know, life life happens. Life happens a lot to John. This noticed. is what happens when you get smart with me the week before. He <laughs> tried to get all up in my grill, and now he ain't here. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't even know where he is. I buried right. him somewhere. <laughs> uh, you can also head over to Redbubble and look and find an official Super Mega Crash Brothers t-shirt. And you can wear one. us on your shirt. We got bumper say, hey, stickers. Guys, we, we can make bumper stickers. I want a bumper sticker. We can, we're going to have to figure that out. But get on there. Maybe not get a t-shirt. Maybe you can get a bag. Maybe you can get a coffee mug. Whatever you, you get, want. Get, we got so bags? Support the show. We, we got bags? Get bags? What kind of bags? Uh, uh, tote bags? I don't tote stuff, though. Well, maybe you don't, but maybe other people do. Maybe other people do Mammoth, you tote, tote stuff? No, mate. No, nah. I don't. <laughs> See, I bet that's like our worst seller is the tote bag. Well, we haven't sold one yet, so it must be. Exactly. <laughs> but hey, if you don't want to support the show by buying a t-shirt, maybe you can go to patreon.com slash pencil and paper productions and help support the show that way. Uh, $5 or more will get you early access to content such as season two of our YouTube series, Man Cave. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I am Stephen White. I'm Todd. I'm Todd today. Mammoth. Thank you again for being here. Yep. Always a pleasure. It's nice to meet you, Mammoth. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's the same, guys. It, it's 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 an honor to be on the show. It's uh it's an awesome show, you guys are saying. And yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Well, I definitely would like to get you on again some other time. Definitely a return guest. Definitely. Indeed. Anyway, guys, join us again next time. But until then, game on. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.